I'm reading from 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not, do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Well, good morning, everybody. 9.30 is supposed to be the empty service, just so you guys know. I don't know if you have the memo or not, but it's early in the morning. Um, it's good to see you all. I want to say, just want to say a, a, praise, a blessing real quick. Um, our good friend, Mrs. Lori, has been in the hospital for how long has it been now? A month? But she, three weeks? But she got, came home on Thursday, and it's good to have you in church again, Miss Lori. We're thankful that God is just, we're so grateful for God being in your life. It's awesome. Um, so we're in 1 John chapter 1. We've been this summer doing this series called God Is. And we've looked at a few things so far. We looked at the idea that God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We have learned that God is holy. We have learned that God is spirit. And every one of these declarations of who God is, it tells us about God's nature, but it always follows with how do we live because God is this way. Learning about the nature of God is not merely an exercise in abstract thinking. When we learn who God is and what he's like, remember, this is not just my opinion. I'm not telling you I think God is light. The scripture says strongly, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. I have been praying this simple sentence for the last few weeks. God is is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. When, we, when God reveals himself to us, remember, we don't get to decide what God is like. He speaks and we learn. We don't get to make up the story ourselves. There'd be too many stories. He speaks. And listen, when we say we obey the king, it means we not only do what he says, but we believe what he says. When Scripture says that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all, it means simply that God is good and in Him there is no evil at all. God is truth and in Him there is no lying at all. When it says God is light, it's a, it's a God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. It means there's a purity to Him, to His heart, His motivations. Now we are not like this. Even our good deeds are mixed up with bad motivations. Even our best moments are made up. Even our best moments are made up of 
selfish desires. When someone gives Hurley Hospital a million-dollar donation, do they want to help somebody? Sure they do. Do they love being on the news, handing over the big check, seeing their name in the paper? Sure they do. Their motivation is mingled with good motivation and bad motivations. The God of heaven and earth is not like this. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And because he is light, the Apostle John is going to tell us how his followers should live. What does it mean to us that God we claim to love is light and there's no darkness in him at all? Because our God is good, because our God is true, what does that mean for our living, for our following? So first John chapter 1, we begin with this very simple truth. Peter, John, there you are. This is the message that we have heard from him. John says, John's like, I followed Jesus around for three years. If I'm going to summarize what I learned about God, here's the summary. God is light, and in him there isn't darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not do the truth. So because God is light and in him there is no darkness, the first thing John says is, if you're his, you can't walk in darkness. If God is light, and we claim to be his. To walk in darkness is to not fellowship with God. My first point is very simply. Walking in the darkness will make you hate the light. Walking in darkness, it leads to a hatred of the light. Now, what do I mean when I say walking in darkness? I am not saying that we are without sin. When John says darkness, he's referring to sinfulness. He's referring to sin that we do. We do evil things in our life. Every Christian sins. Every Christian fails. We're selfish. We lose our temper. We say things to hurt those we love because we're in a bad mood. We're sinners. Walking in darkness is more than that. Walking in darkness is living in a sinful way with no intention of ever changing. It's saying, this sin that I have, I like it, I celebrate it, I champion my sin, I call it good. I walk in my darkness. And listen, we do this sometimes. I'm 42 years old. I'm turning 43. Miss Helen reminded me. Thank you, Miss Helen. Um, I'm 42. I've been following Jesus now for almost 30 years. I met Jesus in a, in a, in a, in a Baptist church. And I learned something in the Baptist world. Listen, the Baptists love the Bible. They do. They, that's a good thing. Thumbs up for Baptists. Okay. But sometimes in that real conservative church world, we can fake being good. 
People come to church, put a smile on, and we fake being happy. We fake being spiritual. We say, praise the Lord. And we say, of course I wouldn't do all those sinful things. And we leave the church building, and we're doing all the things we said we don't do. And being around, that was hard for me. I remember my first, I go to youth group when I'm in high school. I'm 14. I go to youth group. I go to high school Bible study. And all the kids in the Bible study talk this big game. We believe in Jesus so we don't get drunk. We believe in Jesus so we believe that marriage is worth waiting for. They say all these things out loud. And I'm like, I'm not a Christian. I'm just a kid in a Bible school with all these random people. I'm like, okay, Jesus says this stuff. And I go to school with these same kids, and they're the worst kids in the school. Like, they, like they come to church, and they talk the biggest game I've ever seen. That's like, it was similar to me bragging about how I'm going to smoke everybody in the crib next month. It's a lie. It's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, it's just so I see these kids say, they fake in front of adults and parents how good they were, and then in the world, they just live like, not, not only like, they live like everybody else. I asked one of the, these leaders among the youth, so I was confused. I'm like, you tell me X, Y, Z, and you say it's bad, and you come here, and you live it. You just do all the bad things all the time. You walk in the darkness. And instead of saying, yeah, I struggle, yeah, I'm battling, they made fun of me for being, you know, part of the God squad, a Bible thumper. I'm not even a Christian. I'm just asking questions of people. So what happens? I see this fakery, this fake goodness, and it makes me angry. And it should make us angry. But what I do next is a real, a lot of people do this next step. I don't want to be fake, so I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I don't want to fake like I'm good. I want to reveal my struggles openly. If I'm struggling with mental health, I'm not going to hide it. If my kids are a mess, I'm not going to pretend they're not a mess. If my relationships are falling apart, I'm not going to pretend they're not falling apart. I'm going to reveal the cards. But as subtle things happen, as we react to the fakeness, we say, I don't like this fake goodness. But we accidentally throw out the baby with the bathwater. I say, fake goodness is bad, and then I start making fun of actual goodness. That's not good, is it? I don't just make fun of the fakers, I start thinking badly of the actual people who are trying to live good Christian lives. And in my school of friends, you know what we did? We started celebrating being the bad boys and the bad girls. You guys are naive, you're too innocent, but we're cool and awesome over here. When I was at Bible college, I found a bunch of guys just like me, a bunch of rebels. And the school, a lot of kids in school would confront and say, you guys, not only are you always sinning, you are proud of your sinfulness. And instead of like saying, you're right, man, we shouldn't uphold evil as a good thing, we made a t-shirt. Because every, every floor of our college, there was 19 floors. And every shirt, every floor made a t-shirt, like call B3 or call B4, whatever it was. 
Colby Penn's t-shirt that year was a hand holding a Bible. And the words on the t-shirt said, hold my Bible while I kiss your girlfriend. That was the shirt we made in Bible college. We're like, we might not be spiritual, but we're cool. And we were proud of our rebellious nature. But the scripture says, it says it's so clear. If you walk in darkness, if you embrace your sin and call your sin good and make no effort to ever lay this sin down for the Lord, it is going to lead you away from him. It's, if you live in sin and never ever put it down and you hold your sin close, maybe even a fair you don't want to let go of, Maybe you're stealing from work and you don't, you're like, I need this money. I'm going to keep on stealing. Maybe you have some lies you've told and you've been covering those lies for years. You're like, I ain't ever telling the truth about that thing. As we walk in the darkness, inevitably it pulls us from the light. Put point one back on the, the thing for me if you'd be so kind. I'm going to jump over to John chapter 3. Listen to what John says about light and dark. John 3.19 says this. And this is the judgment. That the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. If I'm living in sin, I don't want the light to reveal my sinfulness. If someone's doing right, I'm going to make fun of them. I'm going to mock them because their faithfulness and their goodness reminds me of how bad I am being. You know what it's like? I'll use a silly illustration. <laughs> you know what? Some American, American through and through. I have a, um, so how do you say it? If one of my friends tells me, we're going, out, we're going to go out and eat somewhere. We're going to go out and eat at like Starlight or something. We go to Starlight, they order a salad. I'm going to make fun of, oh, I eat a salad, you're so healthy. They're doing a good thing. They're going to eat clean, eat healthy. All the unhealthy guys are like, <laughs> we mock them. But in reality, that person doing it all at the table should be stinking doing. You know what I'm saying? Because the darkness does not want to be confronted by the light. When we see the good, we'll mock the good and pretend our darkness is cooler. God is light. If we're going to follow him, we cannot embrace our darkness. We cannot say, my sin is awesome. Isn't it hilarious? I'm going to live here forever. Because the sin we live in inevitably will pull us away from God. Pulls us away from God. Unrepentant, consistent sin. It kills us. John goes on. He says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
So some people walk in the darkness. They say, I'm a sinner and I don't give a rip. Not a good way to live. The next group John confronts is those who say they have no sin. Those who ignore their darkness. This is very dangerous. And a lot of Christians I know live in this place. A lot of Christians I know really believe they're good people. I'm a good person. And they judge others who are not so good. Because none of my sins are public, right? They're not visible. I'm not an addict. I'm not a felon. My sin has not been condemned by society. So I'm a good person. And some Christians I've met actually believe they're better than other people. They believe they're good deep down. God loves me because I'm a good little boy. I'm a good little girl. And they're blind to their own sinfulness. They don't even know how broken they are. This is why some Christians go to church every single week. Think God, like, think like me and God are boys, me and God are girls, and they're terrible human beings. And we've met these people. They go to our churches and they're arrogant and they're bitter and they're, they condemn people. They're unkind. The grace of God does not flow from them. Instead, like, listen, I worked instincting in the food industry for like eight years of my life. I paid through my college working in the food industry. Ask any waitress in America the worst day of the week to work in a restaurant. They'll tell you it's the stinking Sunday crowd, the church crowd. We're the most picky. We complain the most. We're passive-aggressive. We leave crappy tips. We leave fake tips with Bible verses on them. <laughs> like, we're terrible to serve. We're like, and these people, these saints of God, come into a restaurant, complain about everything. Every plate they're given, the drinks they, there's always just tearing down the waitress or wait, the waiter. And we think, man, God loves me, and I treat this person serving me like a dog. And I have no idea. I'm being perceived this way. Think about ignoring the darkness. The thing about not understanding your own awfulness, you know what you're doing? Ignoring the darkness is lying to yourself. You, you think me and God are homies, I'm doing great, but in reality, you are plagued with sin. And you, because you don't know your sin is hurting people, you make no effort to change. We live in ignorance. Go ahead, put that up, point two, and leave it up for me. Ignoring the darkness leads us away from the light. Jesus once said the phrase, heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents than over 99 who think they don't need to repent. When you ignore the darkness, you think to yourself, those sinners got to get right with God, but I'm all good. When you live there, when you think to yourself, I'm good, you're in the danger zone. That's a cool Kenny Loggins danger zone, but a bad danger zone, you understand? You are, you have no idea how God actually sees you. Ignoring the darkness. Believing the lie that I'm actually the best person, 
I've ever met. John says this. He says, if we say we have not sinned, verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Not only are we lying to ourselves, we're lying about God. When I walk around ignoring my own darkness, I tell a lie about God to everyone I meet. My barber on, on Friday told me this line. He's not a, he's not a church-going guy. He knows me. We're friends. We're boys. And he told me the... I, mean, I, he told, I told, he told me the line in my mind, like, that'll preach. He said, bro, these Christians giving you a bad name, brother. That's what he said to me. These Christians giving you a bad name. He likes me. He said, I think you believe what you, you say, but the other, the other Christians are a mess. These Christians giving you a bad name, brother. And I'm like, you don't got to tell me twice. When you walk around pretending that your B.O. don't stink, the world says those guys don't have a clue. I don't want to be anywhere near that, that tribe. They're a bunch of blind, judgmental jerks. So, so because God is light, I can't walk in darkness. If you want to be a believer in Christ, you've got to obey the king. You've got to stink and try. Because God is light, I can't ignore the darkness. I've heard, so I do a couple counseling sometimes. I've heard so many husbands and so many wives drop this excuse in their marriages they will say, so the marriage is all busted up and the relationship is hurting. And then someone will say, they'll find, I'll tell I'll reveal, this is what you guys need to do to find one another again. And someone will say, well, that's not how I grew up. Which is like saying, I'm broken in this way, so it's okay. Because my life was terrible, I can be terrible to you now. We can't ignore the darkness. We can't pretend it's not there. It's stinking there. Early in our marriage, we get married, and my wife is a, a Christmas person. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm. The day after Thanksgiving, there would literally be a horse-drawn sleigh taking families out into the field. People would chop down their tree with a, with a saw, and it, and it was like songs and people with like Dickensian scarf. It was out of control. It was out of control. Her family every year has like these Christmas traditions. They play the same record every Christmas Eve morning, every single year. Come on, play those bells, something like that. Uh, it's just all these weird things. So I marry the Christmas girl. When I marry Angie, I tell her. Now she's smart. She sees that there's these rough edges around me. There are rooms I don't talk about. There's parts of my life I intentionally avoid. And she'll ask me about them. She said, why do you get so weird about this thing? I'm like, don't worry about it. That's my thing, that's not your thing. We get married, and one of the things in me is I hated Christmas because of how I grew up. I grew up, Christmas for me and my brothers was very um, traumatic, very... 
It was really bad. I'll just say it that way. It was worse Christmas time than any other part of the year. But Christmas time, me and my brothers, we get we, we shut down as people. We just get real like edgy, we hide, we run. But my poor wife wants to celebrate Christmas with her husband, and I'm I'm I am in a room sleeping, depressed, napping like crazy. And she'd ask me, where's this coming from? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm denying there's any problem. As the years go on, it is making our marriage, it's straining our relationship. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to ignore it and deny it, but it's actually affecting our real life. We can't ignore the wounds, the sin, we can't ignore the darkness. It's going to affect our actual lives. Pretending it's not there does not make it go away. It doesn't. My basement has a lot of leaks in it. I ignore it. I'm like, you know, it's not that much water. Well, uh, my son turned 11. We had a birthday party for my son uh, Friday. People came over, and it stinking rained on Friday. Right? It rained. It was crazy. And then the, the sirens went off. The, 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 the sirens went off. I wonder if you were still in the jail when the sirens went off. I'm glad you were out. That would have been bad for you. Um, the sirens go off. So me, there's still a family at our house, and we all had to go downstairs in the basement. And there's water all over the place. And when, when, like, I, didn't, I ignored it. I just walked around the streams, you know, when I go down there. When they came and they saw it, I was like, oh, this is kind of bad. Isn't it? I felt embarrassed that they saw my mess. Ignoring it does not make it go away. If you're a believer in Jesus, you can't just close your eyes and say, I'm okay, it's no big deal. The sin that is in us, that is sticking clamped onto us like some kind of devil leech, we have to look at it and go, this devil leech is killing me. You've got to call it by name and fight that stinking thing. So God is light, which means we can't walk in darkness. God is light, which means we can't ignore the darkness. And the last thing it says, listen to this, it says this. He goes, but if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So here's the invitation. Because God is light, we can't walk in darkness. Because God is light, we can't ignore the darkness. Because God is light, we must walk in the light. Walking in the light, it means we have to fight the darkness. Listen, Christians sin. I know people who love Jesus who became addicts after they met Jesus. It happens. I know Christians who still battle with their addiction. I know Christians who cheat on their spouses. I know Christians who have stolen from their workplaces. I know Christians who have done horrible things. Horrible. I know a Christian guy that killed a guy in college. It's a crazy story. I won't tell it today because it's not mine to tell. Christians can sin. But when you're with Christ, here's the thing. Because you're walking the light, 
because you're walking near Jesus, that light is illuminating your soul, you're saying, I know there's battles, but I'm not content to be enslaved to sin. I'm going to fight this thinking thing in me. And you might fight this thing your whole life. Paul, Paul once said, I have this thorn in the flesh. I have this thing that, he called it thorn in the flesh. He says, I have this thing in me that hurts my life. He says, I asked God three times to remove this thorn from my existence. God, remove this thing from me. And God answered to Paul, a faithful servant. God told Paul, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. God told me he had to carry it. There are sins. One of my great battles is anger. One of my great, one of my great, one of my great battles as, as a person is anger flares up out of me in a shameful, unhealthy way. And it's not like just anger. It's not, it's not righteous anger. It is stupid, selfish Infant anger. You understand? Like yesterday, I went to get the nail clippers out of the... There's a little basket in the vanity mirror thing. Little basket, there's like band-aids and floss and all these little tiny knickknacks. And then also there's the clippers. So I go to grab it and the thing falls out of the vanity and lands in the sink and spills everywhere. And I'm telling you, rage rises up inside of me. I cursed the makers of the basket. I cursed my wife. Like, why are you, why are you put it in the basket? Just put it on the side of the basket. I'm, I'm in, in my heart, I'm screaming at everybody. And I just leave the bathroom like, forget this crap. And I leave it. And like two hours later, I hear someone go, what happened to the bathroom? I'm like, I don't know, babe. It's crazy. <laughs> Anger is a real thing in me. I have, I have to sink in. And I've, I've asked God, take the anger away from me. I don't want to be an angry man. But here's the reality of things. I think I'm going to be fighting this monster the rest of my life. I am not going to just say, it's just the way I am. I'm not going to walk in the darkness. I'm not going to say, my anger is how I grew up, so it's okay that I get angry. It's not okay. I don't want to, I don't want my sinful trauma to be vomited up on my children. Not okay. Christ tells me, be angry and do not sin. Oh, that's, that's a hard command. I'm not going to walk in the dark. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to pretend it's not there. It's stinking there. So I choose to work at it. I have to lay before the Lord all the time. Lord, it's still there. I'm still, I come close to light. And I'm like, Lord, I need your light to fill me up. There's less of me and more of you. I don't want to be this man forever. Listen, it's a, it's a slow dying. But if you belong to Jesus, you've got to fight this fight. What did Paul say? Paul, on the end, as Paul was about to die, he's like, I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have fought the good fight. The fight is not against some outside group. It's not against the Muslims or the gays or any of them. The fight's against our own broken, stinking heart. I, I fought the fight. Whether your battle is lust or jealousy or insecurity or anger, you can't just say it's okay. 
You've got to fight that thing and run to the Father. You do. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And because we belong to him, we're told, if you walk in the light, listen to this, if you walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's the great joy that comes from walking in the light. If you're walking with Jesus, if you're near the Lord, here's, here's the thing money can't buy. I know I'm a sinner. If you hang out with me at all, if you, if, if you ever hung out and ran and did stuff together, you'd see something weird. Joy just kind of falls out of me. I'm not trying to be something for you. I'm not trying to pretend I'm something. The kids, like, they, they see me at my worst, and they always see, I'm like, like, like sometimes I sing songs in the kitchen about random kitchen objects. There was a fridge song once, and I don't even know what's happening. Just joy just spilling out of you. The joy, that's where it comes from. I know I'm a sinner, but because I'm fighting the sin, because I'm near the light, I know I'm cleansed from my sin. I know I'm loved. Even though I know I'm a mess, God sees the mess and loves me. That freedom, money can't buy. Not living in shame, not living in guilt. I told you, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve the Lord's kindness. But when you walk in the light, when you're near the Lord... Even though you falter, even though you fail, even though there are bad days, you're in the stinking fight. And there's just this awesome reality of knowing the Lord knows what I am and who I am. He sees me as I am and loves me still. Cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That brings freedom. You can't buy it. That just feeling of being loved. I want to end by saying this. John gives us, gives us a way, gives us a, a way of how we can fight the good fight. Here's what he says. He says this, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That, that phrase is in the Bible twice here. Cleanse us is twice. Being near the light, it cleanses. It washes off the dirt. Application, here it is. He says, confess your sins. One of the ways we fight the good fight, one of the ways we fight against the darkness is we say sorry for our sinfulness. We don't, we don't walk in it. We don't ignore it. We go to the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned. And when you confess your sins to God, listen to me. A lot of us, when we pray, well, let's say, let's say I was mean to the family, and I say, Lord, forgive me, I was mean today. Don't say that. 
Say what you did to the Father. Confess it. Lord, forgive me. I said this and this. Taking that sin and dragging it into the light and seeing it for as ugly and awful as it really is, only then can it be cleansed out of us. It is hard to confess real sin. Because sin is ugly. A lot of us try to make our sin, we try to like, you know, put makeup on it. Like my sin, look at it. We put, we put, I put lipstick on the pig. Oh, it's so beautiful. Grab the sin, drag in the light, tell the Lord what you actually stinking did. He knows. Don't try to con God. He, he was there and saw what you did. Just tell him what you did. Lord, I screamed at the kid and they cried. Forgive me, O oh Lord. It's hard to drag that out to the Lord. Sometimes you will cry, yo. I lost my temper on this person. Forgive me, O Lord. Confess your sin. And the Bible says when you confess your sin to God, He sees that that heart of yours. He washes it clean. Confess your sin. He also says this to us. Verse 6, verse 7. If you walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. Listen. Some of us have blind spots we don't even know. How do you see a blind spot? The very nature of blind spots is saying, I can't see it. The only way to find blind spots is to have Christian godly friends who love us enough to tell us, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. This thing's getting you. It's not tough. Listen, you need good, most friends will never say anything like that to you in your life. This last Friday, I was teaching, at a, at a, at a, I was teaching the Bible at this uh, recovery ministry. And during the intermission, the break time, this guy comes up to me, African-American guy, he pulls me to the side, real like man-to-man kind of stuff. He goes, Pastor, you know, I respect you like crazy. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I think we're like brothers. I'm like, we're brothers in Christ, baby. He goes, I, I just need to tell you something. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, he's, I don't, this guy's going to confront me. I don't know what's happening. I'm like, what's he going to say to me? He goes, he's like, you're, I think you're, you're a good-looking man. I'm like, thank you. I'm, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what, what follows that. He just goes, brother. And he's like, me and him, quiet in the corner. He goes, your elbows were ashy, brother. <laughs> Listen, that's love right there, dude. He, he, he worried about his boy having some ashy elbows, so he comes to me and, and not, not make, didn't make fun of me in front of everybody. He took me aside. If you don't know what that means for the white folk in the room, um, if you're Mexican or black, sometimes when you get dry, your, your skin gets flaky, like looks like we call it chalky, ashy. It's a real thing. Uh, now I'm like, did I, did, I, did I lotion my elbows today? I don't know. But anyways, anyways. He told me that as an act of love. Like, bro, I love you because I love you. i got to give you a heads up, brother. If you've got true friends in, 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 the, in the faith, they'll pull you aside and tell you, man, this thing. My brother Tony, early in my, my married life, I was really unkind to my wife sometimes. It was my brother Tony. When no one would say a word, my, my, my younger brother took me aside and goes, Ernesto, 
You're treating your wife wrong, man. I mean, those are fighting words. Who are you? Got a wife? What do you know? Like, I was, I was furious. Act of love and bravery, he told me those words in my face. And he was right, and I heard him. And God used it to help me. You need Christian fellowship. You need Christian friends to help you walk the path. Because sometimes we don't even see our own darkness. So as John says, you confess it. He's like, hang out with the brothers and sisters in Christ. That some people see it and can help you walk right. We can't do it alone. So as you leave this place and go off in the world, hold on to the center of this talk, of this sermon. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And because he is that way, he should bring us with him. I want to be in the light as he is in the light. With that said, let us pray together. Father in heaven, so much for your word that is true. God, you are light. And in you there is no darkness at all. You are good and in you there is no evil at all. You are true and in you there is no falsehood at all. And so you call us not to embrace our darkness. You call us not to ignore the darkness. You call us to walk in the light. Help us, Lord, as followers to take these first steps of faith to confess our sin. To be open with those sisters in Christ to speak to us, to help us, to walk with us as we walk on this journey of faith. We want to be a people that when our light shines, people would see that light and glorify you, O Lord, who is in heaven. It's in Christ's precious name we ask all these things.